are listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. Welcome to Common Grounds, where we are having conversations about the liturgical or Christian calendar. Now, we're currently in ordinary time, or it's sometimes called the season after Pentecost. Now, ordinary time, which is roughly June through November, begins with Trinity Sunday, which is the week after Pentecost, and it concludes with the Reign of Christ Sunday, or sometimes that's called Christ the King Sunday, which is the week before Advent. Now, during ordinary time, we don't have any major festivals or holy days to celebrate, but it's a really crucial time for our spiritual formation, because during ordinary time, we're focusing on what it is to deepen our discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus Christ in what we do and what we say and how we interact with others and how we um, live that relationship with the divine. So today we're talking about how the seasons and holy days of the liturgical calendar contribute to that overall discipleship formation, or more specifically, how it attributes to certain disciples' spiritual formation and walk with Jesus, because today our guest is Jessica Hansen. Jessica lives in northwest Arkansas, which if you follow college football, you know is the home of the Razorbacks. And Jessica and her family attend the Fayetteville, Arkansas Community of Christ congregation there. And it turns out Jessica is also a liturgical calendar nerd. So welcome to Common Grounds, Jessica. Thank you. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, as you said, I, we live in Northwest Arkansas. We're uh, members of the Fayetteville Congregation. And uh, my husband and I have been married for about 17 years. We've got five kids ranging from 16 to one year. So we're very busy and things are kind of crazy around here sometimes. We originally came from the LDS church and have, well, as of, as of Pentecost Sunday, my husband and I will both be members of Community of Christ. That's right, because part of your uh, discipleship and your faith transition walk, which led you to Community of Christ, also included Rick being baptized on Easter, was it? Yes, he yes. was baptized on Easter, and he is going to be confirmed um, a member of Community of Christ on Pentecost Sunday. So he is living the liturgical calendar. He's totally living it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Jessica, um, we've talked a couple of times. Can you just share with our listeners just kind of a brief overview of what your faith transition has been for you? Sure. We um, we kind of began down this path a little over two years ago, about two and a half years ago. Um, my husband 
um, was the first to start transitioning out of the LDS church. I was kind of digging in my heels and I really wanted to make it work. But um, we had a mixed faith marriage for about a year and made that work. And um, during that time, he discovered Community of Christ. Um, I believe he came across Community of Christ through John Hamer's Mormon Stories podcast interviews. Um, and he, he attended a few times uh, without me knowing. Um, and, I, well, you know, it was touchy. I was really, I had a lot of fear about him moving on to a different faith and, and what it would do to, to our relationship. That sure. he, might, he might have beliefs that would um, tear us apart. And so I, he was very, very um, cautious and he had been a few times and told me one day at dinner, you know, hey, I've, I've been attending this Community of Christ. And, and I knew who Community of Christ was, um, but I didn't know there was a, a, a congregation nearby. I, I didn't really know anything about their beliefs at all. And so he told me a few things. And we watched, I think it's three hours long, the John Hamer interviews um, about why Community of Christ uh, would be a good possible spiritual home for transitioning Mormons. And it was just so eye-opening. Um, I had no idea. I, I'd never even heard of progressive Christianity. I didn't know that, um, you know, I, I came from a very black and white tradition in the LDS church of this church is true and, you know, everything else is not. And so um, listening to John kind of explain things was really eye-opening for me, and it was kind of exciting. And um, at that point, my husband and teenage daughter began attending Community of Christ fairly regularly, and uh, I continued on in the LDS church, and we found it to be a good harmony. Later that fall, um, I was struggling more and more, um, as I'm sure anyone who's been part of the LDS church knows, kind of when you've got a non-traditional situation going on in your family, you know, you don't quite fit in the culture very well. So right. <laughs> things got a little, I mean, you know, we gave it a really good shot, but I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that, you know, we, we were always going to be second best or, um, we're going to be a project or, or whatever. As much as I was in support of my husband, they weren't really, um, uh, no, I shouldn't say all of them by, by no means all of them. We had some great friends and some great family, but, um, it just, you know, it was starting to really wear on me and it was getting harder and harder. And we were coming up to a point in the fall where, um, we have three, we had three congregations meeting in our building. And when school starts, we switch meeting times. So up to this point, my, my church meetings on Sundays were the same times as, as my husband's at Community of Christ. And we'd have the afternoons together and it was wonderful. And, um, but we were coming up on a meeting time change where he would be at church in the morning and I wouldn't even start church until he was, um, home. And I really had a hard time with knowing that I wasn't going to get to see him or my daughter all day. And there wasn't really anything I could do about it. And, um, it's not a, it's not a suggestion what congregation you, you attend. It's assigned to you like a school district. So that, that was kind of eating on me. That was something I was having a hard time with. And, um, right around the time school started, my husband and I decided to take a little weekend away in Kansas City. Grandma and Grandpa took the kids, 
And um, while we were there, he suggested, hey, why don't we go um, to Community of Christ uh, to Stone Church while we're in town for Sunday services? I thought that'd be great. And I had attended the Fayetteville congregation a couple times, you know, really enjoyed it. But um, we went to Stone Church that Sunday, and um, it was just an amazing experience for me. You know, they were very friendly and um, you know, when we walked in, they gave us a little packet for to welcome us, and in it were the enduring principles. And I just remember, um, you know, I'm a I'm a history nerd as well as um, an aspiring liturgical calendar nerd. But you know, I just I just felt so so at, at home and at peace, sitting in the really old creaky pews and seeing um, the rose windows with the depictions of my scriptures you know there were there were things from the doctrine and covenants things from uh, the book of mormon things from the bible on these windows and you know it was just a really neat experience and as i read the information that they had gave me before it started i just kind of had this feeling wow this is what i believe when i was reading through the enduring principles these are the things i wish that I could find in the LDS church. These are the things I'm hoping will change, you know, so that I can have what I need in the LDS church. And, you know, it's just kind of an aha moment. As the uh, service went on, we had communion. It was the first Sunday of the month. And it was just an amazing experience to witness it being blessed and served by women. And, you know, it was the exact same prayer that we used in the LDS church. So that was another kind of a familiar thing. But it was, you know, it was one of those things that I was just coming to an understanding about that time of my desire. You know, I I kind of talked myself into being okay with um, men-only priesthood, I guess. Yeah. And when I see women exercising um, priesthood and to see, you know, these things right in front of me, you know, it was just an amazing experience. Um, it was just, the, it, you know, I was sitting there like, wow, you know, <laughs> you guys are acting like this is no big deal. And I'm sitting here like, wow, this is so crazy. Great. I love it. <laughs> but it was a fabulous thing. And then, um, you know, it was just a wonderful service. I mean, the whole service was wonderful, but we got towards the end and um, there was a prayer by a gentleman and he addressed heavenly parents and my eyes shot up and they closed caption the meeting there. So my eyes shot open and I looked at the screen to see if I heard it correctly. And I did. And it was like, I've never, ever heard anyone address um, Heavenly Mother in a prayer and to, that it was and again, it's no big deal. I'm looking around and nobody else <laughs> thinks it's a big deal. <laughs> and I just, it was amazing. It was just amazing. And the, the, the minister that day, the, the pastor, um, was a woman, which was also just kind of earth shattering to me. But, you know, she spoke about her husband who was not a member. And, you know, as someone going through a myth, mixed faith marriage at that time to hear her, um, speak about her and her husband, their different beliefs, but, you know, that where they came together on things. I was just, you know, I just felt like that day was for me. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been more for me if they had, you know, planned it. So that I walked out of there with a very different feeling that, you know, up to that point, I really wanted to make things work in the LDS church and it was so hard. And when I um, came out of there, I thought maybe 
where I'm being led, you know, this is where I'm being led, you know, that, okay, I'm, I'm going to take the jump. And it took me a couple of days after we got home, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't leave that meeting the same after seeing and feeling, you know, the divine there and seeing my sisters and, you know, the respect and the love that everybody had for one another. It just was so real. So a few days after I left there, I, I began my transition. I removed my garments, which is a pretty big milestone. Yes. And... um it was it was really frustrating because my youngest kids had a primary program they were supposed to be in the very next week and i just couldn't do it i could not go back you know i just i was to a point where i was done and so i, I contacted their primary president their children's ministry and and let them know that we weren't coming back and that was that i've we've not been back um we did resign um, that was in September. We did resign in January that year. Originally, um, it wasn't really a big deal to us to resign or not to resign. But shortly after uh, we quit attending was when the November policy came out uh, regarding the children of um, same-sex couples. And that that was kind of a nail in the coffin for my my older kids, especially, I think. And it was it was very upsetting for me. And it, it kind of was like a a nail in the coffin and that, okay, this church isn't going in the direction that um, the spirit is leading us. And we knew we were done. And so we, we resigned in January and we've been uh, attending community of Christ uh, ever since. Um, I should add that it wasn't just a simple uh, transition for me. Well, it wasn't for any of us, but um I, I had seen my husband go through this, and so I thought, oh, I've got a pretty good idea of what to expect, but I was not prepared for that moment, you know, when I realized, wait, this this isn't divine, you know, this isn't, if this isn't, um, if this isn't of God, then what else isn't? And, um, you know, the moment when I lost my grip on God, mm-hmm. and um, it was very very hard. And um, my um, bishop's wife was a therapist and we had lunch not long, about a month after I quit attending. And, and I explained to her, you know, I was like, I just feel so apathetic. You know, I feel like I've lost God. And uh, she told me something that really was so helpful. And I've, I've shared it with others going through transitions too, that um, an, any transition begins with a death. And then this middle part is the wilderness. And she encouraged me not to rush it and not to be afraid of it and to embrace it. And, um, you know, at the end of it, there would be a birth. There would be something new. And I have found that to be very true. But it took a long time before I was ready to experience the divine in in. I, it's, it had to be in completely different ways. The, the old ways that I was taught in the LDS church just didn't work for me anymore. I had to reimagine God in a completely new way. And, um, it, it took me a long time. Uh, well, I mean, not a long time, but probably a good year to get to that point. But Rick at that point, since he was a year ahead of me, was already coming to a place of acceptance, uh, you know, and, and re, 
rebuilding. And so at first I thought, I'll go with him once a month or so to Community of Christ, you know, maybe um, get involved a little that way. But I had zero intention to jump into Community of Christ. I had zero intention to ever join another church again. You know, I, I, I literally tossed out my scriptures and, you know, I was done with religion. It wasn't I didn't feel like um, that was going to be where I was going to go. But I, I had some great experiences along the way. And from the help with my congregation and the Latter-day Seekers um, Facebook group, especially, I have had a lot of support there. Um, I've kind of found I found my way here. <laughs> so about um, August of last year, I think it was when you and when you and Keith came to do a training at our congregation around that time. Um, you know, like I said, I had no intention to join. Um, I, I was really happy that I didn't have to join to be able to participate. You know, I was able to become a youth worker and I did um, different things in the services. And I was really happy that I could do that without committing. But around that time, I started to feel an invitation or a call or I'm not sure what to call it, but um, you know, I felt a nudging that, um, becoming a member officially would be something important to my ability to minister and to, um, you know, to just for my family, you know, that it was, this was something that I needed to do. And so, um, I started that process, um, and I was confirmed in January. Wow. So... <laughs> For not going to rush into anything or um, not going to engage the divine again, you certainly had. You yeah, did. you did experience did. invitation in a very real way. So, Jessica, part of what we've been talking about in Common Grounds is how people um, encounter the liturgical calendar as part of their experience in Community of Christ and kind of what it what it means to them. So I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you did not encounter the liturgical calendar in the LDS tradition. So was it your experience in Community of Christ? Well, it was. The I mean, the very first um, inklings I ever had about the liturgical calendar were about 20 years ago. Most of the um, most of my coworkers at the time were Catholic, and so um, on. Ash Wednesday, they would come in with ashes, and during Lent, they would give up chocolate and beer, and they were super grouchy, and then on the last day, they would come in with a punch bowl of M&Ms, and so that's all I knew about, you know, I, I thought it was a Catholic thing, and um, I did attend a Baptist church a little bit growing up, but we did not use the liturgical calendar, and the LDS church does not follow the liturgical calendar, so it was... Um, my first understandings of it were in community of Christ and no one explained it to me. And in fact, I think you could add that to your seeker trainings that <laughs> maybe explain to the seekers what it is because I just kind of picked up, you know, like at Advent, um, you know, as we were going through there's, you know, each week lighting the candles and things and, and Advent seemed familiar enough because I'd heard of Advent calendars and chocolate and, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, I, that was familiar enough, but as we were um, as we were going through, I, you know, I would notice they had um, wall hangings that were different colors for, that would change during different times of the year, and um, 
like the um, the altar cloth would be different or, you know, just different things like that. And, and then we go into Lent and I had never experienced Lent myself. And so, you know, that was a, a fascinating experience. And um, we had a, um, the, my first year attending, you know, we had a Monday, Thursday service at the church and we did, um, you know, a very special Easter service. And it really was the first time I had ever felt so involved in the story. And the LDS Church, it's not uncommon. Uh, Easter is just any other day. Um, it's not uncommon that the message that day is not even about Christ. So um, this was a really neat, immersive experience to go through Lent and Easter um, in Community of Christ last year. And I'd say that's where that started. And then I I was trying to understand more about it. And on the Latter-day Seeker faith. Facebook group, it came up, and somebody mentioned um, when the around Advent when the um, lectionary year changed. You know, they were talking about it, and I I had no idea what they were talking about at all. So those I was you know furiously googling, trying to figure out what they were talking about, <laughs> and, and it was so fascinating. It was really a neat a neat thing. So yes well i did too when i first learned about it so i understand how that feels a little bit so it was interesting the comment you made when you said going through lent and then experiencing holy week monday thursday and through holy week that you'd never felt so involved in the story so tell me what that felt like to be involved in the story what was that like last year um i was still reconstructing and it was a little painful because I didn't know what I felt about Jesus. I didn't know where my belief in God exactly was. And, um, you know, there, there were just, I don't know, there was, there was a lot of pain still involved, but, um, but it was, you know, I felt a lot of love, you know, I felt, um, I felt really connected to my congregation because we were working really hard to put together this, we put together this Monday, Thursday play kind of thing, which in a small congregation is a big deal. And we put together a little choir to sing on Sunday morning, which is a big deal in a small <laughs> congregation. Pretty much it's like everybody was singing. But, um, you know, it was, it was hard. I was asked to lead um, a couple songs because I have some music background and the words of those songs I didn't believe. And yet, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't sure how, how to work that, but, you know, I felt, um, I felt like a part of this, you know, miracle, you know, it was kind of my resurrection, if that makes sense. So, um, and then this year, um, it was, it was an even deeper thing because like I said, I'd been confirmed. Um, I've, I've had a chance to sort out who Jesus is to me a little more and, Lent was an opportunity for me to um, to sacrifice and to think of others and to um, you know live that walk a little more deeply. And uh, I was able to. Um, we didn't celebrate Ash Wednesday as a congregation, but I was able to attend an Ash Wednesday service with my teenage daughter and um, experience that ritual. And it's just been a real. I don't know the word. But it's just been a, a, it's been something that's really helped me to connect Mm -hmm. with the divine um, through these stories. So one of the things that we hope our listeners um, reflect on is how 
walking through the seasons of the calendar can contribute to our spiritual formation if we do, as you put it, um, live that walk more deeply, if, we, if we're if we willing to immerse ourselves um, in that. And as you have now gone through the whole calendar from the Easter that was kind of your rebirth to, <laughs> to this year um, going through that, um, how do you think living that cycle for a year has contributed to your spiritual formation? So like in, in the LDS church, um, we had topics every month, you know, like sacrament meeting, you know, would be a certain topic and um, our lessons in Sunday school, certain topics. It was more of a topic thing. And so when I began to um, understand the liturgical calendar and, study the lectionary scriptures for each time each week i i realized this is the this is the whole story that when we go through this together um we're going to get um you know from a different gospel's perspective each year but we're going to get the stories we're going to get um we're going to walk through this together and um, that was an amazing thing to me because, um, like I said before, it was pr- primarily going topically, and I didn't know very much about these stories, about the gospel stories, and um, you know some of the different psalms, different different things um, that I'm really I'm really glad to have the opportunity to pull out now and be able to. Um, you know, experience them. So it's, it's, it's helped me to get back into the scriptures because as I said, I tossed my scriptures. I had, I had no intention of that being a part of my life again. So when I was confirmed, my, I forgot that I had mentioned that to, um, one of my congregation members. And when I was confirmed, my congregation gave me a Bible. <laughs> so I thought that was very sweet because I really did toss my scriptures, but, um, it's been really nice to, to have this um, framework to learn the, these stories and to um, to help to teach my children, I was really that that was probably one of the hardest things of the transition was what do we teach the kids? You know, when I, when my husband was transitioning, out of respect for him, I kind of stopped Book of Mormon study with my kids. Um, and we focused on New Testament because I knew that was something we all agreed on. But then when I when I started down that path, um, you know, there was a good year there where it was just like, oh, please don't ask me questions about God. You know, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I just didn't know what to say and and what to do. But um, I feel like that this has been a good framework for our family to, you know, be able to to walk through this. I keep saying that, but that's kind of how I envision it, you know, to walk through this year together. Well, we talk in community of Christ a lot about being on a journey together. Absolutely. In community. So I think at least from my perspective, walking through this is very uh, applicable. (laughs) So one of the wonderful things about the calendar and um, family discipleship together, and particularly with smaller children 
is that each season of the calendar has symbolism and it has color. You mentioned the banners and the altar cloths. There are hymns that go with each season. There's all of these ways to experience that together. So with your family experience, is there a favorite season or holy day in the calendar that the Hansen family has experienced together? Well, we are we are still fairly new at this game, so I'm sure we have many, many more to um, to experience together. But um, one thing that we did last year during Advent, I was teaching the. We only have a handful of children in our congregation, but I was teaching their class, and um, I made a felt board Advent wreath. So they could light the candle every week in our little children's class and uh, not catch anything on fire, you know. And you are <laughs> but the we, mom of we, five kids, so you know how to do Yeah. <laughs> I try to keep things, you know, non-flammable. <laughs> but that um, Advent, you know, we, we, we did spend, um, you know, a little bit more focus during, uh, during Advent, the preparation. Um, and, you know, my teenagers are, are kind of on their own faith journey as far as you know they're at that age where their spiritual their spiritual journey is their own you know whereas my younger kids um it's still at a at a a younger phase where they they're more literal about things and and it's um so with my older kids you know it's I tried to to frame things into you know instead of saying you know this is exactly how it happened. And this is exactly what we're saying, you know, well, even if this isn't what you believe, how can we prepare for, you know, what are we preparing for? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's kind of what I've tried to do. Um, I really liked um, Monday, Thursday. <laughs> we had um, a little house church uh, meeting on Monday, Thursday here this last year. And it was um, a really neat experience. My teenagers have enjoyed having people over and having spiritual experiences at home with others. That's been really great for them. But we had some friends over we had um, a service. We sang some songs. And one of the things we did was the, the foot washing. And at first I didn't think that anyone would, I mean, I thought maybe I said, you can do hand washing if you want, because you know, feet are gross, right? <laughs> but maybe it's just me, but no, I, I was really surprised. <laughs> I was really surprised that my friends' children were all in for the foot washing. And I ended up washing, I don't know, four or five different, we had 15 kids there. It was pretty crazy. But four or five kids, um, you know, washing their feet. And it was, it was a neat experience for me because I love these kids. Some of them I've known since they were born. And uh, one family in particular, they never wear shoes. So their feet were really dirty. And it was just... I hope it that really does not listen to the common ground. <laughs> oh no 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 no! They 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 understand. This is I mean that's you know they're fine. It's not it's not a put down. It's just the truth. <laughs> but it was a wonderful it was a wonderful experience to to serve them in that way and to share that experience with them. And then we you know talked a little bit about um, instituting the sacrament of communion and we took communion together. So it was a it was a neat just a really neat way to um, experience that sacrament together in our home, um, you know, with our friends and, and really think about what was coming the next day and what is coming 
you know, the days following and what that means to us and what it means to our friends. And it, it was a great experience. So I think Monday, Thursday probably is the, been the highlight, but who knows what's coming next? That's who true. knows what we'll do? That's true, <laughs> because we walk this journey every year. <laughs> Absolutely. So with your um, experiences so far, has, is there any um, season or maybe just an aspect of living the liturgical calendar that you're looking into more deeply this year? Is there something that's caught your attention or captured your imagination to delve into? Well, yes. Well, all of it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly learning as I go, but um, I feel like this year was the first I really experienced Lent and, um, and, you know, I, I don't feel like, I feel like next year there are, there are things I would like to do more deeply. I would like to learn to fast differently and, and be more mindful, um, of sacrifice all throughout. I started off really, really good the first days and, um, you know, I probably got two weeks into it and realized that I, you know, I wasn't as mindful of it as I was in the beginning. So I think I'd like to really, really take that time to um, be more thoughtful and, uh, you know, dive a little deeper into that. Well, I look forward to hearing your discussion, (laughs) narration, or uh, have another interview with you to talk about what that Lenten experience is like as we go through the next cycle of the calendar. So, Jessica, I'd want to thank you for being willing to share your experiences sure. um, with us, your family experience, um, your your own personal faith transition, and especially how um, this particular aspect of living the liturgical calendar has a has been a blessing to you. And I know you and your family have been a blessing to the Fayetteville congregation. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Very much so. So thank you. And thank, thank you, Rick Karen. and the kids um, for their participation in this, maybe unknowingly, but always valuable <laughs> participation in that. And I want to thank um, all the listeners for this. And this has been uh, Karen Peter visiting with Jessica Hansen. This is Common Grounds, part of the Project Zion podcast. I look forward to seeing you next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Project Zion podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use. And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. Dave Hines